Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coming up on NBA Today, for the first time in 26 years, the Spurs get the number one overall pick. How Victor Wembanyama, he couldn't have hoped for a better fit. Plus, for the third time in four years, it's the Heat, the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Our panel on who has the edge heading into what is a must-see series. And it was a little too late for the Lakers, but did they find a key to slowing down Jokic? Well, not if he's hitting these types of shots, baby. Just gets it off in time. It's up. Oh, it's good! Of course it goes in! Jokic from downtown! Anthony Davis just stares at him! Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. I mean, just ridiculous from Jokic. We are coming to you live from Chicago just hours after the future of the NBA. It has been determined with all eyes now on San Antonio after landing the top overall pick in the draft. But there are two other rounds of picks that need to be made, and many of the players vying to hear their names called. They are here at the NBA Combine, including Scoot Henderson, the consensus top three draft pick. He will be joining our show live in just a little bit. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. I'm Malika Andrews, alongside the one, the only Zach Lowe. And what a night we had last night in the NBA. There was so much that we need to get to, so much that happened that usually, you know, it usually just takes two to tango. But I'm going to bring in the whole party. Richard we Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins, Jalen Rose, Mona Shelfer, and holding it down in Los Angeles in our <laughs> studio. Richard, since you are in L.A., why don't you handle the highlight from that thrilling game one of the Western Conference Finals last night? All right. Thanks, sis. And, and Zach, we don't need anything from the peanut gallery <laughs> anyway we had an epic <laughs> like battle last night Nikola Jokic Anthony Davis those big boys were getting busy Woo! they was bumping wasn't they perk yeah yeah bumping and grinding bumping and grinding and, and look we all knew that it was going to be a matchup of the bigs and it did not disappoint but Jokic in the first half perk what did you see from him? I saw him set the tone be aggressive he went through the chest of Anthony Davis I thought he played with pace think about that for a second and he was in his bag like he had fries at the bottom. Yeah, 19, 16, and 7 in the first oh, half. The Perk, you spin. never put up stat line like that in, in, for an entire game. Yeah, he did. did that in the yeah, first half. That's like that a season. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that, that, no, no, no. Research has confirmed. No, research and speaking of wrong. confirming, there is no way that Christian Brown should be on Anthony Davis right there. Did what he had to do, but the Lakers were down big. Oh, absolutely. But look, they kept chipping away. Look at this shot. Can't guard that. Like, how? Make that with his eyes how? closed, man. And, and think about this. AD is like, okay, I got you. I you got don't you. want him out there, though. You oh. don't want Anthony Davis guarding him at the three-point line. He had no choice. We had no choice. Put somebody else on him. And it was a little semi-little side still. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't know if it was the boosty fade Jokic got or what, but he was killing himself. <laughs> yeah, now he was on fire. And then, look, we're going to jump to the fourth quarter. The Lakers actually made a push. Check out this shot by Jamal Murray. At the buzzer, even Braun, who's seen a 
heck of a lot of shots like that. Gives him a thumbs up, double <laughs> thumbs back up. Jamal Murray was probably surprised, but here, right here, look. Lakers down 14. They start to make a run. They start to chip away. Anthony Davis knocks down that big three. Jalen, what did you see late game? For the Lakers, they did a good job of doing this pick, pick action up top. The Denver Nuggets didn't do a good job of communicating. Look, both times got Austin Reeves wide open threes. And he and, made them. And before you know it, the Lakers were back in the game. But later, they tried to do this same play. And for LeBron, it's a low percentage shot. This is a low, and he was 0 for, he was 0 for 3 before this yeah. shot. He had plenty of space. I thought he had a good look. That right there would have tied it. Yeah. Gonna have to live to fight another day if you're the Lakers. 26% from three in the post. He's a two-time MVP. Uh, he very skilled. Um, you know, obviously, that's his number show. Uh, make some tough shots. You know, we just try to make it tough for him. You know, switching up matchups and schemes on him. But, you know, he, he, he's been playing well through the entire um, season and, you know, especially in this playoff. So, uh, you know, you tip your hat to him. I feel like the only difference is that, you know, Brian can jump higher than Jokic. <laughs> I think that's the only difference that I can see. Uh, that's a really offensive. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. I mean, to be compared with one of the best ever, uh, or the best ever, I think it's really cool. Nikola Jokic, he made history last night. Stat history. He's the first player with 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists, and 70% field gold in a game. We have never seen that in history. Honestly, I'm still worried about Perk lying about his stats, Malika, <laughs> so you can take it from here. <laughs> All right, well, we'll dive into Nikola Jokic while you check on Kendrick a little bit more. Zach, it was an utterly dominant performance from Jokic, and we were talking about it all day on NBA Today yesterday. This is going to be about AD. This is going to be about Nikola Jokic. What stood out to you from Nikola? Yeah, there's no real stopping Jokic at this point. The combination of ability to score in the post, size and passing, you just don't know what's coming. And if we go to the tape, they ran the same simple play three times in a row in the third quarter of the game, and he got them three different ways. It's a simple little cross screen. Contavious Caldwell-Pope right there at the foul line. Hits Anthony Davis with a little screen just to give Joker a little space. Post up number one. We don't want to help. We don't want to help because he's a great passer. He's just going to back Anthony Davis into the restricted area. Boom. Thank you. That's easy money for Jokic. If you don't help, that's what happens. Next time down, same play, same screen. Now you're now you're a little worried about his scoring. D'Angelo Russell, where are your eyes at? Where are you looking? Look when Jokic throws this pass. KCP hasn't even started his cut yet, and that ball is out of his hands. Here we go again. Same play. Anthony Davis tries to shoot the gap, go under, take a wide route. Jokic sees that and says, you know what? I don't need to go down there. I'll just come out here, shoot a three. Or if you close out on me, help, drive, kick. Michael Porter Jr. three, same play, three different outcomes, three different ways he can hurt you, and you barely even notice. Right. He makes it look so easy, you barely even notice the variety of what he's doing to you. 34, 21, 14 for Woo. Nikola Jokic, which is just El Fuego on fire. But you know what they say, it's all about the adjustments. And we yep. started to see that in the second half, a little bit more Rui Hachimura on Nikola Jokic. But let's take a listen to what the Lakers had to say about how they're going to approach this next game. Maybe something we go to game two. You know, obviously we got to go back at the, look at the film. But I'm uh, just thinking about it right now. Uh, something that we like. You know, just 
to also have me, you know, roaming and things like that. It's not any one coverage that you're going to be able to stay in versus that kid. Like, there's no one person that's going to stop him. It has to be done by committee. We didn't want to go too deep into the in-game adjustments. And, and you know, it's, it's still that, that, that ultimate chess game. Um, so we, we were comfortable with the results, gave us a chance to get back into the game. And, you know, it's one of the things we know if we need to go back to it, it's there. But along with several other things that we didn't unveil tonight. Mm. So the Lakers, Ooh. they whittled it down to three at one point, Richard. I mean, what, what did you see in the last 10 minutes that allowed them to get back into this game? Well, that's what we're going to break down right now. Jalen Rose, Kendrick Perkins, a lot of playoff games here. What did you see from the Lakers in that second half that got them back into the game and let them wind it down to three almost? A concession that we're not going to be able to stop the most unstoppable offensive weapon in the game, mm. in Nikola Jokic. You just showed us a stat line that nobody else has ever gotten. You know why? Usually the biggest guy don't have a great handle. Usually the guy that grabs 21 boards ain't getting you triple doubles. This is something we haven't seen. And with Anthony Davis guarding him in the first three quarters, whether he was spinning off the post or whether he's hitting threes at the end of the third quarter, you concess. You yeah. give a concession and say, we can't stop him, but we can change something up. So here's what we're going to change up. We're going to take AD off of him. We saw Boston do this with Robert Williams III when they went big. We saw this happen in that series. And so now you put AD back in a position where he can roam. One, two, three dribbles, no help. Dig down a little bit, and there go AD, and then you get the turnover. So don't be surprised if Rui Hachimura even starts in the next game because you're telling yourself, AD, if he's going to make jumpers on him anyway, you might as well have a perimeter guy guarding him. And if he's going to be a driver, then you want AD to be able to roam, block shots, and grab rebounds. Yeah, and AD was so dominant defensively in the first two series, and it was like, who's going to guard Jokic? And all the Laker fans were like, oh, well, we got AD. And I was like, no, 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 it's not that easy, Perk. Was there something that you saw? Well, one, when you take AD off the ball, off of Jokic, and put him in the, in the paint to be the guy that's roaming, you allow the guards to pressure up on the perimeter. So now Dennis Schroeder and those guys were tight and fighting up over screens because Jamal Murray and those guys were hesitant to turn the corner. But I also saw LeBron James actually came to the game in the second half. I saw him attacking downhill. And while we keep talking about Jokic, and rightfully so, because he did put in that work last night, Anthony Davis had 40 as well. And that's a problem that the Nuggets is going to have to deal with because I'm looking at the podium and Anthony Davis and LeBron James look real comfortable right now after a loss. But they looked a little too comfortable, but maybe it was confidence. Maybe they saw something in that game. You saw Darvin Ham was talking about. But still to come on NBA Today, the Spurs, they were the big winners last night with possibly the greatest prospect on the board maybe ever on his way to San Antonio. Our crew dives into what the Spurs should do next. Plus, after Doc Rivers was dismissed by the 76ers, what is up next for Philadelphia? Ramona Shelburne has it all, and she is standing by for what Philly will be doing next. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. 
shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. We have a stacked draft of talent in Victor Wembanyama. They believe Wembanyama could be the best player in the NBA on both the offensive and defensive ends by his third season in the league. Who will it be that walks away number one? The number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft goes to the San Antonio Spurs. It's just my, my heart's beating. I got every, everyone I, I love, everyone I know around me. It's a really special moment I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. We are live from Chicago, and it was here last night that a future powerhouse was established. The West got even more stacked as the San Antonio Spurs landed the number one overall pick and the right to draft Victor Wembanyama. And then four-time champion, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Tony Parker. He tweeted out an image of young Victor wearing Parker's number nine Spurs jersey, which I just loved. Clearly excited for the French phenom to follow in his footsteps. So back here with Zach Lowe. And between uh, managing partner Peter J. Holt's reaction actually on the stage, the reaction of the, that bar that we saw in San Antonio that got free shots, free drinks for the night because they landed the number one pick, the reaction is clear. But let's talk about the fit on both sides. Why does this fit so well for both Victor with the team and the team with Victor? Well, first of all, the poetry of it is irresistible, right? right? The French connection between the country of France and the Spurs, the Tim Duncan to Victor Wembanyama poetry. But the Spurs have done this before. They've had Phenomenal young prospects come through the organization. They know how to manage expectations. They know how not to put too much on one young guy, even if that young guy thinks he's probably ready for it, and he probably is. And they're not going to be too aggressive accelerating their team building process. They're going to see what they have, and they have a great medical team who knows how to guide and take care of prospects, big, tall prospects like this. It's a great fit, but here's the reality. He would have been a great fit anywhere. Right. He's walking in the door of the most important player on pretty much whatever team he gets drafted onto. It just feels like this is a great incubator for him to grow in with San Antonio. But now the Spurs, they have a couple of questions, right? 74-year-old Greg Popovich still at the helm of this team. Now they have another cornerstone piece. They have a ton of cap space, by the way. What do you expect to come next for San Antonio as they try to build around him? Yeah, and they have extra draft picks from that DeJounte Murray trade right. to Atlanta, which was kind of the final salvo in the Spurs deciding <clears> – <throat> We've been in the wilderness in the middle since we traded Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors. We don't want to be in the middle anymore. we got to go a different route and build up from the from our youth. And Jeremy Sohan had a great year. Devin Vassell's coming. Keldon Johnson. And now they have Wembanyama. 
They've got a lot of good young talent, a lot of extra picks. I would expect them not to like really be aggressive and go for it, but like let's see what we have. Let's see how what Victor looks. Let's see how who grows around him. Maybe in a year or two, you start to maybe hit the accelerator a little bit. But this is gonna, a team that's going to be patient, I think. We're going to get a glimpse of it all at Summer League when they have so many young pieces Ooh. that actually get to play together because we usually. And see I got and I got bad news for Greg Popovich and the Spurs. The media is coming back to San Antonio. Oh yes, descending those on Ubers, San Antonio. Those far, far Ubers, those connecting flights. Like, we are rolling in hot. We are rolling in deep. Some other news that we do need to get to that is going to impact the Western Conference next season, though. John Morant is under investigation by the NBA for appearing to display a gun on social media. This is two months after the league suspended him for essentially the same thing. And then last night, before the draft, I sat down with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver in Chicago, where he expressed disappointment in the Grizzlies All-Star. We, we talked directly about the consequences first before we got to a subsequent um, potential to have done something wrong. We were very focused on the misconduct that was in front of us at the time. And, and frankly, most of our conversation was about how incredibly serious the first incident was of waving you know, a firearm on, you know, on social media. An eight-game suspension was pretty serious and something that he, at least to me, seemed to take incredibly seriously in that time, and we spoke for a long time. As you said, he's a star. I mean, he has an incredibly huge following. Yeah. And that my concern, and I thought he shared with me, that millions, if not tens of millions of kids globally would see him as having done something that was celebrating in a way. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw this weekend that video. Now, we're in the process of investigating it, um, and we'll figure out exactly what happened to the best we can then. It's, again, it's the video's a bit grainy and all that, but I'm assuming the worst, you know, and, uh, but we'll, fi we'll figure out, you know, exactly what happened there. When, when you say you're assuming the worst, should we expect the punishment this time to be more severe than an eight-game suspension? And what's the timeline on when we can expect that decision? Um, look, I, you know, I, I want to make sure we're following appropriate process here. And so, you know, he has already been indefinitely suspended. He's been, in essence, sort of removed from you know, his team. So, and we're not in the middle of the season. So right. there's time now to make sure we go through the facts thoroughly here. Um, so I don't want to speak specifically to the punishment, um, but there's no question that there's a history in, in this league that, you know, discipline is progressive and me meaning that, you know, it gets worse, mm -hmm. you know, and particularly when you've already been on notice and in essence having you know, done a similar act. There's no doubt that, you know, it gets ratcheted up here. After that interview with Silver last night, John Morant, he released this statement. He said, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there's more work that I need to do. My words, they may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself.
still to come on NBA Today. The battle in Boston, it goes down in just a couple of hours. So we're gonna dive into the rivalry that has formed over the last four seasons between these two Eastern Conference Titans and the Lakers. They weren't able to complete their comeback last night, but did they do enough to maybe take some momentum into game four? Hear what they had to say at shoot around. Plus, he's been called one of the most explosive guards to ever enter the draft. Top prospect, Scoot Henderson. He joins us live in just a couple of minutes here in Chicago at the Draft Combine. Don't go anywhere. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't care if it's a big stage or who's watching. I play the way that I play to win. By all means necessary. You've denied it before, but is playoff Jimmy a thing? Are you ready to? It's not a thing. It's not. Jimmy Butler is amazing! (laughs) Of course I'm going for the win. What else you want me to do? Closing out the number one seed. I'm from the mud. What more they do? Me and you, we not see. Jimmy Butler has done it yet again. I just be hooping. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by PNC Bank. Richard Jefferson here in L.A., holding it down for Malika Andrews, who's in Chicago. Was I in Chicago this morning? Yes. Did I get on a plane and fly here to co-host this show? Yes, I did. No big deal. But Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, his trip back is a little bit tougher. After missing this shot in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and ultimately coming up short against the Celtics, he said next year we will have enough and we're going to be right back here in this same situation and we're going to get it done. And here they are facing Boston yet again. Brian Windhorst, he has more. It's simple, folks. The winner of this one gets a trip to San Francisco in the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler had an iconic moment cradled in his hands. Game 7, 98-96. Smart on the drive, puts it off the window, missed it. Butler the rebound with 20 seconds to go. He had the ball and no fear. He can tie for the lead! It's Heat Celtics. It's been one of the NBA's great rivalries for the last decade. Who could forget LeBron's 45-point game six back in 2012? It's time to head back to Miami. Or the intensity in 2011. Hard to imagine a second-round matchup any better than this. And Rajon Rondo's terrible fall 
might have changed the series. James over Pierce. That might be the tiger. And of course, that overtime block by Bam Adebayo on Jason Tatum. Let's get it out of here. Fresh-faced Tyler Hero's heroics in the 2020 bubble. How about this 20-row hero doing it again for the Heat? For an instant, it looked like Butler was about to win it again for the Heat. And what would have been the biggest shot in Miami since you know who. Butler's shot would have made the 20 Celtics three-pointers in game two meaningless. And Tatum's dominant game four. Scoring 31 points in that vital win too. Even Tatum and Jalen Brown combining for 47 points in the pivotal game five might have been lost to history. Jalen Brown with the finish! If that shot goes, Butler would have completed one of the great individual series in recent history. 41 points in a dominating game one. Then maybe the performance of a life. 49 rebounds, eight assists to keep the Heat alive in game six. Despite a painful knee injury, instantly becoming legendary. It's good and the foul. How would you describe Jimmy's game? <laughs> incredible. My bad, my bad. I listen. The most powerful and profound words. In Game 7, Butler had scored 35 points on that wounded knee. And another bucket for Jimmy Buckets. He's got 35. Despite his heroics, the Heat found themselves in a hole late. Tatum fires Butter. Just as the champagne headed to the Celtics locker room, the Heat had manufactured a miracle 11-0 run in less than three minutes. Tatum with eight on the shot clock. Smart. Fires Butler. The rebound with 20 seconds to go. Shot clock is off. He's going for the lead of three. But no, this time it went green. When he makes that shot, he's a hero. Well, that's what you have to live with as a best player. My teammates liked the shot that I took, so I'm living with it. Now the next chapter begins. Two teams with the title in reach again and in each other's way. The Heat. The Celtics, destined for more drama. And it starts again, tonight. This year is our year. We're going to go into this game one and we're and do what we're supposed to do and be the be the first to one to four. Wait, wait, wait. Be the first one to four? Why? Uh, this this one's a little confusing, so we're just going to go straight into the reveal game, right? Because I want to see some things in this series that you guys have set up. Ooh. We got Jalen. Switch sides, switch sides. Switch sides. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> we got Jalen on one side with the handle. We got Perk on the other side. All right. We're going to start with the OG Jalen. I want to know who is your star player in this series. This was a tough one because it's hard to bet against Jimmy Butler. But I can't ignore what I'm seeing from Jason Tatum. He's the only guy in Celtic history to have two 50-point playoff games. He set the record for Game 7, and when we did votes this year for MVP, he was amongst the candidates. Mm -hmm. I have to give him credit as a young player, and Perk knows this, being a Celtic, and you know this, RJ. He's led them to multiple conference finals and the NBA finals, something that the current MVP, Joel Embiid, has yet to be able to accomplish. Yeah. Humbly speaking, I'm one of the best players in the world. 
after his fourth-quarter performance in Game 6. Then followed up with 51 points, 13 rebounds, Ooh. and five assists. I'm rolling with the light-skinned brother with the fresh edge at all times that stay no crispy. I'm going with Jason Tatum. Okay, now we don't need a dissertation on every single pick because we know Jason Tatum is that dude. Now, defense. I want to know defense. Which team here has better defense? The defensive player of the year going into this season was Marcus Smart. However, his teammate White made All-NBA defense this year. Mm -hmm. And during that series, Marcus Smart was guarding Joel Embiid. Just think about that. Al Horford held him 3-16 in Game 7. Robert Williams III, terrific anchor defensively. The Boston Celtics for defense. They clipped the number one seed, right? Yeah. <laughs> they breaking up happy homes when you talk about the Knicks. They're ready to trade Julius Randle. When you talk about the Heat, they may not have the names, the household names, but they get it done. They're number one in the league right now in the playoffs for us taking charges, meaning that they're playing boxes and elbows, they're disciplined, yeah. and they're going to get the job done. I'm going with the Miami Heat. I like where you're at. I like that the Celtics went back to their two-big lineup. I like that shooting. Come on, give me the shooting. The Celtics probably are the best shooting team in basketball. They're one of the only squads that put five players on the floor other than Williams in a lot of times when he's not in that can play D and knock down threes. I believe their record is like 41 and two when they shoot 40% from three. Yeah, but guess who right up on them on their heels like a pair of socks, the Miami Heat. Duncan Robinson had his big moments against the Bucks. Gabe Vincent that came in lighting it up. Kyle Larry can shoot the three. I'm going with the Miami. Wow. All right, all right. Wow. Winner tonight. I see. Okay. See, Perk, normally I call you a homer because you only say things about the Celtics. But you got two you heat up a there. Lot of things. I call you a lot of things. Most yeah. of them we can't say on television. But I want to know who you got tonight as the winner. Boston Celtics. Who you got tonight as the winner? I got Miami still in game. Mm. I'm rolling with Jimmy Butler still in wow. game. Okay, yeah. just two days after wow. a Game 7 loss in Boston, the 76ers announced that they were firing head coach Doc Rivers. Now, look, Philly had three straight winning seasons under Doc, three second-round exits. Earlier today, team president Daryl Morey was asked about MVP Joel's reaction to the news. Um, he is very close with Coach Rivers. And, yeah, he was shocked about the change and, um, you know, and it's my job to uh, help convince him that the new coach is someone that he'll have a great relationship with as well. With James obviously having the player option, do you anticipate him being back here with the Sixers, being able to re-sign him? Who's James. That, James? Uh, we can't have those discussions yet, but um, we would... We are interested in bringing him back. Scenario A would be to bring James back. Scenario B, if he's not back, will be we'll have to get creative and and we feel good about the tools available to us if that happens. All right, we're here with ESPN senior writer Ramona Shelburne. Ramona, I want to know what is your reaction to what you heard from Daryl? Well, look, I mean, they, they're going to have a new coach, and sometimes that is enough to change a team, but we've already done this before with them. And Doc Rivers was fired because his mission was to get them over the hump, and he didn't. It didn't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, from what I'm told, this team is looking for somebody who is a creative, offensive coach. When you have a team with Joel Embiid and 
and who is already a great defensive player, you don't need all that much around him as a defensive mindset, but you need to have a creative offensive mind to start changing this offense around so it's not so ISO heavy or dependent on Embiid. He's led the league in scoring the last two years. You don't want to keep doing that. You don't want to have to rely on that or James Harden driving into the lane. And if his jumper's falling, they're fine. But if it's not falling, then they have no off, they have no ball movement. They need somebody to retool this offense. And that list, there's a couple names on that list who are known for their offensive mind. I think Nick Nurse, Mike D'Antoni. Uh, Mike D'Antoni obviously has a history with James Harden in, in Houston. But that's not... Actually, Mike D'Antoni's style of play, if you remember back to the Steve Nash Phoenix Suns, they, they play with a lot of ball movement. They spread the floor out. And so I think it'll be real fascinating to see how they go not only through this process, but what they prioritize. Do you prioritize the offensive coach or do you prioritize more of somebody like Doc who had a culture of accountability and structure? Now, Perk, I want to ask you. Joel, why you got that face? No, go ahead. Joel B was your MVP, yeah. right? No. Actually, I, I voted for Giannis, but go ahead. You voted for Giannis? Yeah, I did. Oh, after all that, no, okay, whatever. After okay. All what? No, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just. You voted for Embiid last year. Yeah, I know. You voted for Embiid last year. Excuse me. So, what do you think of this situation? Embiid wins the, the MVP. James Harden, both of them do not perform the way they should, and Doc is the one that goes. I think it's ridiculous, um, and I think it's a hidden agenda there. When you look at their roster right now, two of those guys played with James in Houston under Dale Moore. He bought House and P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. They have the roster, right? What are you not? I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? Not give the ball to Joel Embiid offensively? He led the league in scoring two years in a row under Doc Rivers. We all have seen these moments with James Harden where he has vanished, okay? Vanished, completely folded. And that's what happened. And so when I think about Daryl Moore and I, and I think about all the things he's saying and we're looking for a coach to, to do what? To do what? We saw the emergence of Tyrese Maxey. What coach are you going to bring in there that's going to fit the system that you want them to fit? We also have to remember this about Darryl Morey. He was the one that was trying to change the entire league to not taking mid-range shots. Layups are threes. He the one came up with that dumbass analytic, and all of a sudden now (laughs) he's sitting up here talking about some offensive changes, right? You think about Tobias Harris, who is making a lot of money. Doc tried to put him in position to be successful. He has failed them on numerous occasions. I just don't understand the firing of Doc Rivers, but I do understand it because it's more so about the relationship with James Harden and Daryl Moore than it is anything else. Well, you have to have the players to fit the system that you want to play. What is the system? Well, James Harden is a system in uh, in and of himself. No, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, he has not, for a decade been that guy. And yeah. been but, but, I, but I also don't know if yep. you want to switch it and say we're going to cater to James and put him in a better position, and then we're going to figure out with Joel Embiid. They, do, they don't have a lot out. of options if James walks. Like, get, get out if they do. <laughs> Joel, right. leave. All right. Well, we're going to go from two top three picks to another top three pick. Coming up next on NBA Today, top NBA draft prospect Scoot Henderson joins Malika live from the draft combine. He tells us why he's the best player in the draft. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. It doesn't matter where he goes. It didn't matter where Tim Duncan went. Didn't matter where LeBron went. The take, Henderson. Oh, oh, oh my goodness, Scoot Henderson. Oh, 
It's showtime! I feel like I'm the most prepared player in this draft. I feel like I dominated at, at a pretty good level to put myself in the position I'm in now. Yeah, I was, I was there to win. Henderson going reverse, that's what he does. He has no fear. Welcome back to Chicago, where Scoot Henderson is yeah. joining us here on NBA Today. Projected top three pick in this draft. So let's start right there. I, I'd love to get your reaction now that we know San Antonio, Charlotte, Portland have the top three picks. What you think of how the top shook out? Uh, I mean, it was fun to be there, you know, be there live in action. Uh, see, see the top, two, top three teams. Uh, hopefully I get to one of them. You know, I feel like I am. Top one, actually. Top one. Yeah. I like it. I do, too. Uh, Charlotte, LaMelo Ball, Portland, Damian Lillard. How do you feel about the idea of potentially playing with like another ball dominant guard who's used to control the offense? Do you think that's a good fit? Uh, I think anywhere is a good fit. Um, like, I can play off the ball. Uh, that's what's so special about me. I can play off the ball. I can defend. Like, I can do so many things. I don't have to, I don't have, to have the ball in my hand to um, manipulate the defense or, or make a big impact on the team. You said you have that dog in you. Yes, no matter I, where you go, you're going to bring that. Can you describe that a little bit more? Because so many people would say, well, what are you talking about? The number one pick is already established. And you're saying, oh, no, no. I still want to have a part of that conversation. Yeah, that dog is just, you know, like I said, it's in me. So, um, you know, it's just that drive to, to be great and to, and to just have that confidence. And that's what I have. You've been described as one of the most explosive guards ever to enter the draft. Why would you say that you are? Uh, I work on it. I work on being explosive and quick in my movements. So everything I work on, you know, it shows. It shows when I get on the court. It shows when I get on that stage. You know, I'm never afraid of the moment. We know that one of the most crafty, uh, interesting, three-point shooting best guards that we've seen is Steph Curry. And Steph is someone that you have partnered with recently. You announced a mentorship relationship that you've been building with him. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, def it's definitely a great relationship that I'm building right now. Um, just Seeing how he's been, you know, so established in the league and, and, and great throughout the years, you know, seeing him, you know, grow as a hooper, but not off on the court, but a lot of things off the court that he's involved in in his community. And, you know, that's something I want to do. And that's what I'm doing now at Next Way 360, have my AU team. So, um, yeah, you know, I know he can open doors for me and I can open doors for him as well. So. What does that actually look like, though? Because Zach and I were talking about there's a lot of people who I think are mentors in both of our lives. Yeah, for but sure. What, what does it look like day to day? Is it calls? Is it going to make sure you guys do exercises together? What does it look like? Just making sure that, that I'm paying attention to, to little things that he's doing. You know, the training is, is way different. I can tell already. Um, you know, I'm training with his trainer, Carl, and and Brandon Payne, and, and they're helping me a lot. Just Not just, you know, strength and conditioning or on the court shooting and stuff, but just little tips that, that they help me with. And, and that's breathing and a whole bunch of other things. This kind of scares me for the rest of the league that Steph Curry is giving advice to Scoot Henderson. That should scare the rest of the league a little bit because I've seen the Steph Curry training videos with the strobe lights and the tennis balls and all that. If you pick up any of that, or God forbid the shooting. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah, we started we started the the lights and then the you did? tennis balls already. So That's hard, right? And shoot, I'm getting better. I'm just getting better every day. That's why he's got that dog in him. Scoot hey. Henderson, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA appreciate today. It. Really appreciate it. Still to come on our show. One more time, how do you do that? There we go. Our coverage for live from the Draft Combine, it continues. We take a look back at some of the best players to ever participate at the Don't event. They are. NBA Today yeah. will be back after this. I know, look at Kawhi, the claw.
with the second pick in the 2007 NBA draft, the Seattle Supersonics select Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry from Davidson College, Damian Lillard, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard. You had the largest hands. Can we see the hands? Look at that hand. Teams are going to see guys here. They're going to interview them. They're going to get their medicals. You know what? We'll rip them apart a little bit the next couple days. It's kind of overwhelming. Once you touch the ball, put the jersey on, it kind of goes out the door and you just do what you've been doing. The rites of passage, you know, this is a migratory bird. So all the NBA come and flock and land and see the, the, the future of the NBA, so it's amazing. Welcome back to NBA Today. As you just saw, there were plenty of big-time future NBA players who try and showcase their skills at the NBA Draft Combine. And if you're there at the right time, you might see some past NBA players. Who's that? Is that Coach Perk? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Coach Perk. <laughs> you're looking skinnier than you were there. Oh, look at me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was working out. I was grinding, doing the business. You actually did a great job. I did have a little bit of vert left. Look at that. This one, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I messed up both of my, my hammies on that. Well, I think the coach played a major part in it. You think the coach? Yeah. You were my coach, and you know what it was? I just didn't have my diet right. That's why I didn't do right. And look, we saw from Nikola Jokic last night, true impact players don't have to be drafted in the lottery. Right. See, Perk? That's why I'm going to go sit it back to Malika Andrews at the Draft Combine for the first installment of a new series, Draft Day Difference Makers. Walk off. Richard, thank you so very much. I appreciate you, my friends. We're still here at the NBA Draft Combine in Chicago, and I am so happy that you are here. Our ESPN basketball analyst, Andrea Carter, making her NBA Today debut here. And Richard just sort of alluded to it. Nikola Jokic, the 41st pick in the 2014, I believe, NBA Draft. You can find talent up and down. So outside of the top 10 this year, who are you looking at? Yeah, there are some sneaky guys always in every draft. And one guy that I've had my eye on all season is Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State. He's 6'6", 235 pounds. He is a dynamic scorer, a pure scorer with the basketball at all three levels. He can get into the paint. He can score in the mid-range game. He can knock down threes. 48% from the field, Malika. 40% from beyond the arc. So when you talk about a guy coming in, contributing to an NBA team as far as putting up three-point shots and being able to knock them down with confidence, Bryce Sensabaugh can do that. He's not the most elite athlete in the draft, but he's got an incredible skill set. All right, let's dive a little bit more into that skill set. Offense, right? Is that's yep. what's standing yep. out to you? Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, when you watch the tape, he's very methodical when he attacks with the basketball in his hands. And I think that's going to translate to the next level because he's not going to blow by guys at the next level. You are not going to see him take one bounce and get to the rims. If you watch this play, this is a broken play. And Bryce Sensabaugh, he isn't able to gather the basketball, take one dribble and lay it up. Some guys can do that. Not Bryce Sensabaugh. What he does have the ability to do, though, is get an inside-out dribble. That's Chris Murray. He is known as another big-time pick in this season's draft. Bryce Sensabaugh gets the lead and gets some space to finish because of that inside-out dribble. So, again, the methodical approach to the way that he can score the basketball. Then here, you're going to see him come off of a pin-down screen. He's going to rip to the baseline. He doesn't beat his defender. But what do you have to do when you don't beat your defender at the next level? You have to have an answer. You have to have a counter. So what is Bryce Sensabaugh able to do? Turn back to the basket, finish, elevate, over his defense, his eyes find the rim, he's able to knock it down. So when it comes to methodical attacks, probing, dribbling with the basketball, making moves, turning, finishing, he's able to do that. So let's take a look at 15 through 30 here, the rest of the first round. Where do you see as a fit for him? Well, I really like 
20 for the Rockets, 21 or 22 for the Nets, and 23 for the Trailblazers. Particularly the Rockets and the Trailblazers, though, because we just saw they're going to get lottery picks, right? Yep. They're going to get their elite athlete, that 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", guy. They're going to get that in the lottery. Let Bryce Sensabaugh come off of the bench, knock down three-pointers, that pure stroke that he has from beyond the arc. That's going to be a big deal. But, Andrea, th there's another reason, right, that you're taking a look at Bryce. <laughs> yeah, particularly I grew up an Ohio State fan okay. because my dad is an Ohio State fan. Uh, shout out to you, Dad. His birthday is tomorrow. So, Tyke Lehman, if you're watching, I love you. Happy birthday. We're supposed to be at a concert, uh, oh. but I'm here at the NBA draft because concerts don't pay the bills, Malika. Concerts That's don't fair. pay the bills. But I think that you need so to, here. to make good on that later. Yeah. Do, maybe, maybe in I'll August go we're going to be doing a little Ohio concert State with guy. Dad. Make Happy birthday it. to Dad. And we're going to be seeing a whole lot of Andrea Moore here on NBA Today. That's actually going to do it for us from Chicago. Perk, Richard, company. Take us home with more on LeBron and Nikola Jokic when NBA Day returns in just 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by PNC Bank. Rooted in communities big and small. Let's check out last night's one top play brought to you by Uber One. Nikola Jokic with the absurd buzzer beating three over Anthony Davis. Jokic finished with an insane stat line of 34 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists to lead the Nuggets to a 132-126 win against the Lakers in game one. Now, game two will be tomorrow. I will not be in the building because I will be here. But Thursday at 8.30 Eastern, NBA Countdown starts at 7.30 Eastern. All right. So we heard a lot of jokes about, you know, not jokes, excuse me, but a lot of smiles when they were talking about the adjustments for the Lakers. What is one adjustment that you think they would see? Well, we, you saw it at the end of the game. It's how they got back in by putting Rui Hachimura on Jokic. I'm wondering if they also have to mix in LeBron on Jokic just because of how effective that's been. But if you put LeBron on him, it's, that's a lot. You saw those numbers. That's a lot of yep. usage rate. So that's a lot of defensive usage rate also, Perk. I, I think it's one of the, these one of these is one of those series for the Lakers where LeBron James actually could average about 35 to 40 points a game. They don't have an answer for him when he's in attack mode or going to that low block. When he settled, that's when he lets them off the hook. They also don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. He has to stay in attack mode, but I love what Rui Hachimara has brought to the table. Yep. I believe that they could play some, you know, Tristan Thompson whoa, in spot whoa. minutes. Tristan, did and, you say whoa. Tristan Thompson? Yeah, I did. I 100% agree. You know why? Six fouls, because I want to think, think about this for a second. Yeah. Lonnie Walker woke up Darvin Ham and the coaching staff in garbage, garbage minutes, yep. right? Yep. Tristan Thompson, when I saw him in the garbage minutes when they were getting spanked by Golden State, he looked in shape. He said screens. He was getting up and down the floor, grabbing rebounds. I ain't asking him. Look, Dwight Howard is tweeting from Taiwan. Look, at the, end, a series look, like look that. at the end of the day, the Lakers cannot give up five guys getting 15 or more. Yeah. So we're going to have to see we're better defense from the entire Lakers. Are you going to apologize to me? I will never apologize to you under any circumstances.